Welcome to the latest episode of The Player's Voice, where this week we are joined by two Cork legends in Orla Farmer and Orla Finn. This is a special conversation between the best of friends as they look back on the journey that saw them grow together as both players and people. The pair were part of multiple All-Ireland winning campaigns, including the six in a row teams from 2011 to 2016. Earlier this year, both Farmer and Finn announced their retirement from the inter-county game. They open up about life lessons they learned along the way and what it's been like to transition away from the elite level of Gaelic football. The Players' Voice is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. The podcast series is part of Bio360, a GPA programme that empowers inter-county players across four key areas. Life skills, well-being, dual career and transitions. Please go to bio360.gaelicplayers.com to learn more. My name is Alan O'Mara. I'm the host of this podcast, a former Cavan goalkeeper who now works as a performance and well-being consultant. To find out more about my work with sports and business leaders around the world, please go to www.realtalks.ie. But for now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the player's voice with Orla Farmer and Orla Finn. Orla Farmer, Orla Finn, thank you so much for joining us on The Player's Voice. You're very welcome. Thanks very much. Thanks, Alan. Delighted to be on. Really appreciate you both taking the time to do this. Um, it's a conversation definitely we've been planning for a while, really looking forward to. And I always love the opportunity and the dynamic to talk to two players at once where we can kind of bounce off each other, share different experiences. And I suppose to kick us off, I was just kind of going to, I was going to throw it at you that when I, when I Google you, when I start reading about you, I get like obviously two Cork legends, 12 All-Irelands between you, I think it was, multiple leagues, All-Stars, very prominent careers, very successful careers. But the thing that kind of jumped out and it kind of made me smile and laugh at is that your friendship goes back almost 20 years. Is that right? Yeah, I suppose the first time we met was um, not on a football field, but on an athletics track. We used to um, run against each other in cross country. Um, I'd say from probably the age of maybe 10, 11. Um, so that was our first encounter really, wasn't on a football field. So I never thought that I'd actually end up being great friends with Orla because we were rifles <laughs> and the running track. And then it turned out to be to be great buddies on the football field, which was which was lovely. You're stuck with me now, Finn. You're stuck with me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And like Orla was saying, um, yeah, about 20 years ago now, that's when we first kind of got to know each other. And We've been lucky enough like to be part of the Cork setup under 14 the whole way up. So we kind of started together and we, I suppose, finished together as well, which is nice. And I'm sure we'll have plenty more now and memories to be making off the pitch. <laughs> so even jumping all the way back there, like those, like you said, rivals, that, that was, you didn't know each other, but just like by someone's running out front and someone's chasing behind or... Did one of you kind of look to say, wait, who's this girl coming up behind me or who's this one that's going to cause me a bit of trouble? Was that the kind of dynamic? Yeah, I suppose I started at Lennox before or less. So like I'd be in the races and it was kind of maybe three years after I started that Orla joined and she was kind of there was cross country races that really that we used to run against each other in. And I'd noticed someone was just there on my shoulder and I was like, who's this one like? How can I lose her? And I'd kick on and then Orla would kick on and I'm like, why is she still here? <laughs> 
But I suppose we never, it was kind of when we went then to the, the court trials that we recognized each other and became great buddies then that way. Yeah, and I think as well, like we, I suppose, having athletics background really kind of stood to us in terms of, of running. And I think like with our positions as well, I think we kind of played half forward, the two of us, like mainly with underage and senior as well. So the athletics really stood to us uh, going forward. And yeah, we, we'd have good, like even off the pitch over the years, myself and Orla would have met a lot as well, just to like run. We used to do running pre-season training together. Um, it was always a big part of our, our game. It was always kind of an asset, like because we had that background and foundation in athletics as well. So that definitely helped in our in our careers. <laughs> so, you know, at what stage of life does that like kind of the being around each other for athletics or football? When does that start to become like a more meaningful friendship where you're connecting as people and kind of starting to to grow together um, and to appreciate each other and like actually build that connection between you? But when does that kind of start developing? It's probably said developing at a quite young age because even going to, to matches and stuff and bosses, like we always used to sit next to each other and it wasn't just, you know, football talk and stuff, you know, then I'm coming to more personal talk and, you know, about your life and stuff and work. And so that kind of started from a very young age. We actually came close fairly quickly. You know, we had a lot of similar um, interests and, you know, Orla went down the teaching line initially as well. And I'm a primary teacher now, Orla's moved on and she's lecturing and stuff. But we kind of had very similar lives in a way, which was nice. So we could really relate to one another. Yeah. And I think I suppose like Orla was saying as well, in the whole way up from under 14, I think we were like one of the only ones from that kind of under 14 panel that actually went through under 16, minor, under 21, and then all the years senior as well. So we could kind of relate to each other in that way as well because we developed that friendship over the years and outside the pitch as well, like meeting up um, for coffees and um, with the teaching as well. Like we shared similar interests. Um, so I think that really helped too. But definitely because we were together the whole way up, I think that really made a difference as well and um, definitely was a massive uh, contributor to like our, our good friendship that we have as well. Yeah, and like I'll definitely come to to that journey in a minute in terms of on the field and off the field as as you grow up. But I suppose I was curious, kind of you're you're obviously really good friends now, and you've grown up together. What do you kind of remember about each other from that time? Was there anything kind of different, or how someone's changed? Is there anything that kind of jumps out to you in terms of what you remember about each other back then when you're in like your teen years? I I don't know really. I suppose Orla was always quite you know confident and stuff, and always full of fun. Um, and I suppose I was quite shy in that. And I think that's probably what attracted me to Orla the most was how, you know, how how, um, how outgoing and stuff she was, which was nice because, you know, they say opposites attract. And I think that kind of was in our, our relationship, our friendship, you know, I was attracted to her, you know, positive buzz all the time. And that was like Orla always went around with a big smile on her face and had a word for everyone, which was lovely, you know. And what do you remember about that time, Orla Farmer? I think, I suppose really like that, we just clicked from day one. And I think with Orla as well, um, definitely like our personalities would be quite different. But I think that that helped like in terms of the contrast. I think that's what, what kept us friends as well over the years. But I think with Orla as well, um, like I, I something I admired and something I, I've seen, like I've seen her blossom over the years. Like, and I think, you know, particularly in 2016, I think she really like, stood up to the mark and stepped up and I think you know even being on the freeze um, as well was such a big ask and I think she just flawlessly went into that role 
And I think particularly in 2016, like she just shone like and ever since, um, you know, like kicking the freeze and everything like that was such a big thing. So I think really like seeing her kind of go from that shy girl um, to actually, you know, that confidence and taking over the freeze and um, having, you know, a great career. I think that's something that um, I, re- I remember in terms of like the contrast from when we were younger and um, and to now. Yeah, it's such an interesting perspective for both of you to be able to have, you know, seen each other at the starting point and then basically been together and to leave, to exit the camp and, and leave Intercounty football at the same time. Like Fran, that doesn't know, you both decided to leave officially in the off-season, just gone by, which we'll come to as well at the moment. And kind of before I, I bounce over to the, the football side of the football side of things, I was just kind of curious as to maybe definitely got a lovely flavour of the relationship, how it's developed. Um, and I was kind of curious as to how would you describe the relationship that you have now? And um, yeah, I suppose we're extremely close now, you know, I'd, it's it's kind of, it's a different relationship now going forward because it's not as much, you know, football related talk and stuff. You know, we're, we're entering into a new chapter in our lives now and a bit of traveling and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's great to have the likes of Orla, you know, to meet and to chat and to to just look forward to the next kind of parts of our lives together. So I think we'll be going into kind of a different, yeah, a different kind of part of our of our friendship now, you know, new new beginnings and new things happening. So that will be really nice. Yeah, I think as Orda was saying there, just the excitement of that new chapter and, you know, maybe our chat won't be as football specific. Um, so it's great. Like in Orla only lives down the road, like she's only about less than an hour away, about a half an hour away from um, Middleton. She's she's a Daisha woman now, living in the in, in the Daisha territory, uh, which is uh, my sins. <laughs> so um, like even that alone, I mean, to even be based a half an hour from each other, um, is great going forward into the future as well. And um, you know, even to be meeting up for just coffees and and chats and. Maybe the odd run, we'll see. <laughs> Here Had that happened yet? Not yet. <laughs> we're enjoying Not since the... they retired. Yeah. We actually planned on doing it, but they turned into tonight's empty So <laughs> The intention was there, though. The intention was there to go running in the woods. <laughs> yeah, but no, look, it's, it's an exciting change now. And, you know, like that, Orla was saying, like the elements of travel and Orla recently got married as well. And, you know, all the new chapters and the new milestones as well to be actually supportive and to be sharing that with each other as well going forward it's exciting Yeah no it sounds it's it's really nice and you know we're often on the podcast as well we've talked to players and we say like you know what do you enjoy about it the most and I think just Leah Caffrey in the last episode talked about that it's the relationship and the girls that keep her coming back for example and it's really nice then just to actually be able to discuss and like explore that in practice of kind of people having relationships from sport that do positively impact themselves and their lives and like I suppose you both mentioned the kind of the new beginnings there and the next chapter, and I suppose I couldn't help but be, but be like, but wonder like, was it is it a coincidence that you both stepped away at the same time? Like I think the statements come out within a couple of days of each other. Um, was that planned? Had you discussed that together? Maybe take me inside a little bit of, uh, around that part of the journey. Yeah, I suppose we didn't actually tell each other we were going to announce it. You know, it wasn't planned that we we were going to like announce it at the same time, but. Because we both had decided that it was going to be our last year, last year and stuff. So I think it. I think we were just mentally both ready to to hang up the boots and to start a new chapter in our lives. You know, it's it's just kind of fitting that it happened the same year. Um, 
but no, it 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 wasn't really planned. It just kind of it happened that way. I suppose over the years as well, particularly maybe the last kind of two three years, you know, even on that when we used to sit on the bus together, we off to the games, like we'd often kind of ponder and reflect over the last few years and stuff, and how it was like all a blur, and kind of you know even just kind of think, okay, how many more years it will like? Do you think you're going to stay in it? And we always used to kind of have those those talks as well to ourselves and. Yeah, I suppose just with the timing of everything and I think like we've given so much to to Cork over the years, not only just senior but underage as well and there's only a certain amount of of years you can kind of play at an elite level and enjoy it as well at an elite level. So um, yeah, it it was nice because particularly as we started kind of our careers together, um, it was nice to kind of go go out together as well um, uh, as friends as well. So I'm getting a sense, and by all means, either of you correct me if I'm wrong here, that like it was kind of important that you both wanted to leave the game on your own terms. It would have kind of was still maybe experiencing some of that joy you mentioned there, Orla, or, you know, I think Orla Finn, you mentioned kind of feeling that it, it's ready. So it kind of feels like you were almost planning ahead or kind of premeditating that that day might come. Did I pick that up right just as you were talking there? Yeah, I think for me personally, anyway, like I, I knew last year was going to be my last year, barring some, I don't know, something crazy happening that I, I wanted to play another year. But I think I was on the wind down last year and I just wasn't getting the same thrill from it as I was previously. And when you, when you don't have the hunger for it, then you know it's kind of time to go. Um, like it was funny, like when I played, when we lost to Mayo in the quarterfinal this year and I was just walking off the pitch, but I, I kind of knew at the back of my own mind, like that was my last time going to be walking off the field with a Cork jersey on me. And I kind of tried to take it in a little bit. I know we were after a big defeat uh, and an early exit from the championship, but I was trying to, you know, just take it in a little bit, you know, and think back, back through the years. And it was kind of surreal really to be walking off the field and in the dressing room with all the girls and just thinking, you know, this is my last time. Um, so yeah, looking back now, it's it's it was definitely a decision that was made last year for me. Um, Orlefe, what do you like? What was changing around that time, or what did change you in terms of that that of getting less of a thrill, or just those feelings or emotions around it starting to change? I suppose is there any kind of insight you can give as to like obviously players go through multiple transitions of being rookies coming in and then becoming starters, becoming leaders in a team, and obviously what you're describing there is. And describing it in a very healthy way, is that okay, the transition out of this and you're feeling it and you're aware of it. But I suppose if you could tell us a little bit more about that, because it's something that ultimately most players go through and some are able to do it on their own terms and some have it the decision made for them. So I just kind of would like, if, if possible, to hear a little more around that. Yeah, I'm just delighted it wasn't an injury or something that set me back and made me step away, but... I think, as I say, like after tough training sessions and and a, a good win and stuff, I used to get, I used to be on a high, like I used to get a great buzz from it. But just last year, I, like obviously, I did get a buzz from from winning games and stuff. But it just wasn't the same; wasn't matching when I felt a few years ago. So it was kind of a, you know, I just kind of knew, like deep down, that that this wasn't for me, kind of anymore, you know, and that there was other things in life ahead of me, you know, and to look forward to. Um, had you told me three, two, three years ago that I had made this decision now, I wouldn't have believed you because like I lived for the game, like I just loved getting the best out of myself and stuff. But 
I don't know, I think I'm just after taking kind of a, a step back in life and just enjoying kind of the slower pace of life. And as Orla said, I got married recently and Brian played inter-county hurling at Walford as well for years. So we actually never had that time where we could go traveling and see a bit of the world and stuff. So I'd say that was kind of on the back of my mind as well um, to look forward to that. And then Orla Farmer, for you, I suppose, first question, like when or when you are walking off after that defeat, are you kind of aware that it might be Orla Finn's last game? And then are you thinking yourself, it's yours too? Is that prominent in your mind on the same day? Yeah, well, I actually remember Orla Finn coming over to me after the game, uh, kind of, you know, giving me the nod, kind of saying, this is my last game, like, I, this is it. So I, I do remember that moment. And yeah, I think for me, it was kind of incremental. I think I, like, I kind of had it in my, my mind as well with the last kind of year or so um, that it would be my last year. Um, and I suppose similar to Orla, I think because like I was on the trot with Cork a long time as well, I think over time, you know, not that, I mean, it's an absolute privilege and an honour to wear the, the Cork jersey and to represent your county. But I think for me, it was, I think the motivation levels and maybe the enjoyment levels as well weren't as, you know, as I was, uh, as I was enjoying it. And I think I always kind of promised myself that, you know, when, when those feelings kind of crept in that, I knew that was my time to to exit and to, and to move on. Um, and God, it, it wasn't an easy decision. You know, it's, it, I, I was very attached to it. And I think perhaps the fact that my career off the pitch is very similar to my career on the pitch, you know, promoting sport and sport education. I Maybe it was that bit harder just to kind of let the cord go and to cut ties with, with football as well. Um, but definitely it was incremental for me. But, you know, like it was kind of bittersweet, like... I think for me, it was like knowing coming off the pitch that day, it was knowing that I, I, I'm i not going to have this opportunity to play a competitive game again, you know, inter-county. I think that was a big eye-opener. And I think, you know, even being up in Dublin around the All-Ireland time um, when Kerry and, and Meath were playing, I actually just remember the crowds like walking around and all the young girls with their flags and their banners. And actually a tear came to my eye because... I remember thinking, just I'll never have that opportunity again. Like I won't experience being on the bus and staying in the hotel and running out through the tunnel um, as a player, I suppose. And that's hard to take as well because, you know, it's it's part of your identity and it's part of who you are. Um, and you're kind of known as the footballer and you're associated with, with Cork Ladies Football and that's hard to kind of let go as well. But I suppose I, I did know, to get back to, to your point, I, I, I did know as well when we lost the the semi or the final that day, the quarterfinal that day, that um that was the the end of the road for with, with Cork ladies. Yeah, and I think like as I'm listening to you both speak there and like speaking so like clearly with such perspective, like what I hear is like playing at the top level like you have for so long takes a lot of energy, a lot of commitment, and you choose to put that into the game. But then you both kind of notice that if it's the satisfaction or the rewards that you're feeling, not necessarily trophies, but that the kind of feelings you get back from the game are are becoming somewhat reduced. I suppose, and that's the awareness of that is huge. And I like obviously really compliment you on that. But I'm sure that does that still means it's not an easy decision to make. And did it still take courage? And was it still difficult then to actually? So yes, you can have the little nudge on the pitch and that sounds like such a nice moment where you can nudge and have a wink and have maybe a laugh or a hug or a cry. But then actually going forward and pressing the button, how difficult was those like that day even for each of you? 
I think uh, it was just kind of so surreal at the time. Like, you know, I had made the decision in my head, but like I knew I could backtrack on it if I wanted. I hadn't told anyone I was stepping away. Like, and I think when I actually fully decided, like I kept putting it off for weeks and weeks ringing to Tane, like, you know, to tell him that I wasn't going to come back. Um, so it, it is, it is a massive change in your life. Like it's like having two jobs. Like I'm a primary school teacher. It was like I had two jobs and now I only have one. Um, which is lovely, but at times, like, as you say, you know, I, I do look back and I reminisce on the great times that we had. And like, as Orla had me- has mentioned, you know, it's kind of, it is kind of hard to think that we'll never have those times again. Um, remember actually going up to one of the matches last year, uh, I don't know which phone, I think it was Orla's phone. She was just looking back through photos and there was loads of photos of maybe, I'd say 2012, 2013, 2014, after winning All-Ireland finals and just looking at, at the antics and the great crack that we were having. And like, even now thinking back and now that like, we're not going to have them times again. Um, it is kind of, it is kind of sad, but you know, you can't have it all and you can't have them wins and, and, you know, and not, you know, not put in the hard work and stuff. And I wasn't willing to put in that hard work again this year and give it my all. So I thought for me, it was definitely time for me to step away. Yeah. And I think, the attachment, I think that that's what was very hard for me because of that association, like in my career as well. Um, it took time, like Orla, like it wasn't as if I just was like, right, I'm, I'm not playing at all next year. Like it was a decision that happened over time. But I do think it's it's early when you come out of it that you realise and appreciate like the effort and the time and the commitment. You're just kind of in that bubble and you're in that zone and you kind of don't, you, you don't think about kind of other options or other things or other opportunities, um, which it, it, it is a good thing and can be a bad thing in, in certain instances too, if you're too into it. But I think we were lucky, I suppose, over the years, Orla and myself, I think we kind of came into that winning setup. Uh, we were very fortunate to, you know, play with role models like Bridge Corkery and Rena Buckley and Juliet Murphy and all those. So I think, you know, having that having had that success and experienced that success and I know it's not all about winning because to be fair we probably learn more from all the losses over the last few years as well but I think maybe it made it a bit easier as well knowing that you know we have had that success and we've had that real positive experience as well um you know some some players you know unfortunately could go through a whole career and not have any you know silverware or win any championships and again it's not about the winning winning but it is still a massive reward when it comes to playing intercounty as well. So I think that made it a small bit easier. But in saying that, um, you know, I do think that it was it was so hard, all, all the same, like so, so hard. It's like grieving, like it's literally like grieving a, a death. Honestly, like I felt I went through the five stages of, of grievance and finally accepted it <laughs> uh, a few months <laughs> ago that I wasn't going to be wearing the car jersey um, anymore. But look, I mean, like that. You just have to be grateful and you have to be, you know, cognizant of the fact that like we should be proud of ourselves that we have given that effort and given that time and commitment. And, you know, hopefully we will we will be role models now for younger girls and inspire younger girls to, to stick at it too. No, I think Adam, I've no doubt that you will, you know, in terms of, of, of both of your lives. And then like, as I'm just listening to that there as well, or like, what I suppose, what have you... Actually, no, I'll start. I'll start that one again. I was going to ask you this question. Have either of you been to see Cork play this year? Have you gone to watch a game in person? No, I was. Yeah, I've been. Um, 
I was at the game versus Dublin in Parky Ring. Um, very good game, actually. Very exciting game. Um, and I've watched all of their games on live stream as well. Um, yeah, like it is, it's it's tough to watch as well because, you know, usually you're like a part of that routine of going on the bus and warming up and, you know, playing on the pitch as well. So it is, it, it's hard to, to see that, but I think it gets easier I suppose as the games go on as well and I mean we still have such a great relationship with um, all the girls on the team as well and so that bond is still there and you know we're happy for the girls and we you know we, we want to see them succeed and uh, we hope that Cork do well this year as well um, and it's great to see like such younger players coming through as well um, a lot of the, the minor girls have been kind of brought up to the panel now this year as well so it is great although it's kind of bittersweet that like you're, we're not part of it and um, it is still, you know, nice to be that kind of supporter. I suppose we're changing roles to the supporting role now, uh, supporting from from the stand. But um, yeah, it's it's nice to be able to do that as well. And to, I'm sure we'll be supporting the Rebels in years to come as well. <laughs> I think come championship as well, the girls are going to need a lot more support. You know, when we were playing ourselves, you know, you'd be looking around and saying, you know, there's there's only a handful of people here. And I think it's it's probably our duty now if we're around to to make ourselves available to go to the games and just to wish the girls all the best. But like having said that, it will also be quite hard. Like, you know, I think championships a, a different, a completely different game than, than the league anyway. You know, it'll be hard to be sitting out there on the stand just looking in, like, you know, not feeling part of it, you know, Knowing exactly, you know, even when they're playing league games at the moment, I might they might be playing at two and at you know half twelve. I'm like subconsciously thinking, oh, they're arriving at the pitch now, or oh, they're having their pre-match meal. Like, and I didn't think I'd be like that, but I suppose it was part of my life for the last twelve years with the seniors. So I suppose it's bound to happen. Um, but yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great to see the girls doing well this year. And as Orla said, there's a lot of young new girls after coming on the panel and they'll offer a lot a lot a lot to the the setup as well which will be great. No for sure. It's um sorry order did you did you say did you go to a league game or have you just been have you did been I, watching? Yeah. No I've I've been spotted them on stream. Yeah, I've yeah, actually yeah. the Dublin game I was in Dublin myself at the time. Um out gallivanting. <laughs> I literally am filling up my social calendar now. But um, I, I definitely need to go yes. and see the girls today because I know from first hand experience what goes into, you know, your training three, three, four times a week. And it's just I just think it's nice to be there to support the girls. So come championship now with as I say, if I'm around, I'm doing a little bit of traveling and stuff in the summer, but I'll definitely be there to to cheer them on the two of us will be on the sideline <laughs> no and I I, I, I I don't doubt that at all I suppose what I, what I was kind of getting at just from by all means I know you'll both grow into passionate supporters and advocates for the game but just in terms of the transitioning from a player's point of view like I'll throw it back to you or the farmer like that day when you did go like yes you're there cheer and you kind of be like oh supporting's a bit different or this is weird but I was like, did it steer up, did it stir up different emotions in you during the game? I'm guessing it must have, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like it's, you're so used to it for years and years, like as Orla was saying there about, you know, the routine and going on the bus, the pre-match meal, arriving to the pitch. It was always like an hour and a half, almost two hours before the game, we'd arrive in the pitch. And um, yeah, I think like that, I mean, I was, it was, it was great to watch, like, and it was great to be supporting the girls, but Deep down, all right, it would trigger kind of, oh God, like that 
just, I won't experience that again. I think that feeling is, it's not nice, but then again, you know, that's what life is about too. And you, you just have to embrace that change as well and just be accepting because there's no point in kind of, you know, being bitter or being like regretful and all that. Like, I just think once once you've made a decision and I was happy with my decision, I think it made it a lot easier. Whereas if I had to leave, you know, not by choice or by injury, I think that would have been harder. The fact that I, I already accepted that I wasn't going to be playing. I think that made it a bit easier. But yeah, it's it's a different perspective watching from from the crowd and from the stands. And you probably taken a lot more, like even the crowd reactions and you know, even just watching the line and management and, you know, the girls playing and how, how you're they're communicating on the pitch as well. Sometimes you'd be oblivious to that because you're so in the zone when you're playing. So it was actually kind of nice to see, you know, from like a helicopter view almost of just even the, the game and the dynamics and the tactics and the communication and all that. Um, so, yeah, look, it was, as I said, like, of course, we're going to be advocates and we're going to be supporting. Um, and look, that's life. Like, that's the beauty of it. You have to embrace those feelings as well. And um, that's what kind of helps you to move forward then onto the next chapter as well. Like, definitely. And I suppose in terms of embracing that then, what have you both enjoyed the most this year in terms of, and obviously we've acknowledged and talked about some of the challenges and some of the difficulties of transitioning out of the game. But what are some of the things that you've enjoyed being able to do or have time to do? Um, I think for me, you know, just being able to say yes to things, you know, you say even, for example, my school staff, any of the school staff lights out or meal after school or whatever, I always had to say no to. And like, I obviously loved training. I loved it and I wouldn't have changed anything for the world. But now, you know, the fact that I'm able to say yes to these things and, you know, go meet. I met my college friends there recently and I hadn't seen them in ages. And, you know, it's just so nice to be able to say yes to these things and to 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 go places. And I'm going doing a little bit of traveling now over the next few months, just a few holidays here and there. But again, like, you know, there are lovely things that I can look forward to. I don't have to get nervous about matches or, or make sure that I'm in tip top shape and tip top form. You know, I can just kind of have a more relaxed approach to life, which I'm actually really enjoying. And Obviously, I'm I'm still keeping fit. Like I'm a person who couldn't go a few days without going for a run or going to the gym, and I'm sure Orla's the exact same. Um, so it's it's not that side of things. It's literally you know just being able to to meet up with people and say yes to things more. Yeah, I completely agree with Orla there. I think for me, it's just the time. Like I actually don't know myself with the amount of time that I have. Um, just like that with friends, with family. Even things like weddings, like friends' weddings. I have a wedding now in Greece in the summertime. You know, having that opportunity to just go off and not being worrying about training or matches and having that freedom to just enjoy yourself and not feel kind of guilty if you're out and about or eating, you know, sweets and things like that and not feeling guilty. Um, But also I think for me, you know, this has really given me an eye-opener and an opportunity just to focus now on my career um, I always kind of have been the last you know, few years promoting, you know, girls in sport and my workshops and all that. But I, I think now it's like time to prioritise that for me. Um, and I've got that flavour now over the last few months. And I'm excited to kind of put my time and my energy into that and to kind of explore and just trial out things and, you know, travel with it, uh, put myself out there in terms of my career now and like that wouldn't have had that opportunity really if I was still, I suppose, involved in terms of commitment and time. 
Um, like for example, now in in two or three weeks, I'm going up to Donegal uh, for a few days with work to deliver workshops in schools. Um, and similarly in Dublin, and I wouldn't have had that because I would be working at around training and things like that too. So I suppose the career opportunities for me um, have kind of blossomed, and I'm kind of focusing my energy on that now. And that's something that I'm looking forward to in terms of the the retired life. <laughs> Yeah, tell us a little bit more about those workshops or like I know obviously since you retired that's given you more space and you've had the capacity to to relaunch things, promote your own business. So tell us a little bit more about I suppose the business itself. So I've recently set up a service-based business so it's called Empowered Coaching and it's I suppose I was inspired by my, my own PhD research where I looked at young girls' sport participation so the barriers, you know, what what's in the way and I suppose factors and so things that will help to girls to stay involved. I think it was inspired by that and obviously my own like playing career and what I've learned from sport and the skills that I've gained from sport. So I think really all my business is all about empowering young girls and coaches and teachers um, in the domain of sport and well-being and education as well. So I run workshops in schools uh, highlighting the importance of sport, the skills learned, sharing my own journey as well, but also, you know, skill specific. So like execution of fundamental movement skills, sports skills, um, and all with the, the aim of just gaining confidence and self-esteem for girls, because it's such an important thing. And I'm sure Orla Finn can agree like the the skills that like you gain from sport, the confidence, uh, the discipline, the commitment, like all of that trying to encourage young girls and empower young girls to stay involved. So I target, I suppose, sports clubs and uh, not just GA, like all sports um, schools, because I suppose being a, a teacher as well myself, um, I can relate to teachers and PE teachers uh, and students, particularly kind of teenage girls that are kind of disengaged and that high dropout rate is there. So essentially it's trying to kind of combat that dropout rate and give girls, I suppose, a positive experience about, you know, sport and physical activity and allow them to appreciate the benefits of sport and, and physical activity as well. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. And yeah, I'm just trialling and erroring at the moment and hoping to do a bit of travel with it, uh, not just in Ireland as well. So I'm excited for, for what's to come there. No, it sounds amazing. And like, thanks so much just for the overview of that and for helping anyone that's listening kind of understand kind of what it is you're doing and why it's important and I suppose Orla Finn like listen to Orla describe that and I'm just like obviously you're her friends and soldiers together for years I'm sure some of the things she's described are passion areas of yours as well and topics you care about what's it like kind of hearing or seeing one of your like your former teammates and a friend kind of pursue that passion and kind of follow her path in that regard following retirement yeah it's it's actually so good to hear and Orla's so ambitious and it's great to see you know her, she, like, she's so passionate about it, like, and you can see it when she's talking about it, even through the years, like, you know, she's just so passionate about keeping girls in the sport and like football for me personally has made me the person that I am now today. Like I, I genuinely would not be a patch of the person that I am today. I've just learned so much through playing football over the years, you know, not only did it help me like, you know, on the football field, but like it's helped me all over through my life and um, you know, even in school, being able to work as part of a team, which, you know, some people would never have had the experience of doing that, like, you know, and I think a lot of young girls as well might struggle with their with their mental health and different things like that. And just being part of a sport and just going out and doing exercise and 
like having close friends to talk to, like most of my friends are, are girls that I, you know, most of my very close friends are girls that I've met through playing football with, you know, and, you know, just to have someone like that, that you can talk to and stuff, it, it just means so much. And you, I think when you're, when you're part of a team that you, you feel like you're not alone and that there's always someone that, that you can talk to, even that training, like you might notice that one of the girls might be a bit down. Like, and you can just pick up on it and just ask her, you know, is everything okay with you? And then they might open up like a little bit, you know, friends that you'd be close to and you know that they're, they're acting a bit strange today or they're not themselves, you know? Um, but I, I can't emphasize enough, like how important sport is for, for everyone, you know, male or female. And it really has made me the person I am today. And it's just brilliant to hear that Oral is putting all this time and work into, um, into promoting this, you know, it's really, really positive. No, and it sounds like you've both described in different ways, kind of the benefits of sport in your own personal lives. It's clearly something you believe in and want to push forward and pass on to the next generation coming behind. Um, I suppose I'm curious, having used, particularly the two of you haven't spent so much time together and gone on that journey of like development, as you described there, Orla, like what would you see as each other's biggest strength as a person? Well, Orla's ambition and determination anyway to get yeah, like, you know, she she did her, you know, P and Irish in UCC and, you know, that wasn't enough. Orla wanted to do more, you know, and she went down and did her PhD then and in an area she was very passionate about, like, and you really have to look up to her. Like she never stopped. She, she's always on the go doing this, that and the other and it's all very positive. So, I think her biggest strength is really her her ambition and her determination and her passion for what she is doing. Thanks, Orla. We <laughs> going home now in a big night. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, I think with Orla, like I think she's blushing on the camera there. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my jacket. That's the reflection. <laughs> um, I think with Orla, like I think I just have to admire her her dedication and her discipline. Um, you know, in sport, first and foremost, in, in sport, like phenomenal free taker, particularly like over there is it's just it's so accurate as well. It's just something they've always like admired with Orla. She'd be the first onto the pitch. She'd be there half an hour before everybody else with the bag of balls in the boot and she'd be out in the pitch stretching and taking her freeze. And, you know, she understood like that hard work pays off and all that kind of hard work in the background and without fail, she she would be out there practicing her freeze, and you know she led by example that way, um, with the discipline and with the determination, um, and with the hard work there. I think she led. She was a leader in herself in in that regard for particularly the younger girls, like looking up to her, and that's what it takes, like to to be a, one of the best free takers in ladies football, um, over over the last decade, really, um, and I think off the pitch, um, I think like Orla's been such a great friend and. I think she's just a really good listener and she's a really good supporter, like just the encouragement. There's been many times over the years that like we've been bringing each other if we got dropped or if things didn't go our way. And like she'd be the first person to lift your spirits and, you know, encourage you to keep going, um, whether that be on the pitch or off the pitch in life. Um, she always would would be like the biggest supporter there and encourager. And I think that's something that's often overlooked um, particularly in like a characteristic of a person as well. So I think um, thank you, Orla, for all the support over the years. Um, it do, it hasn't went unnoticed as well. And I think that's 
the foundation of why we are such good friends as well to this day because, you know, outside of football, if anything pops up, like Orla would be one of the first people that I would I would trust and that I would contact um, and she'd always offer kind words and words of encouragement as well. So I think that's important. And like Orla was saying, like if it wasn't for sport, you know, that, that friendship as well and that trust and um, those qualities, like I wouldn't have known Orla if it wasn't true sport as well. So I think that's important to note. And yeah, just uh, admire that, that that part of Orla and everything else about her too. <laughs> it, it must be pretty crazy for you to think about like, you know, if you weren't so sport orientated that you, you two like may never have met, you know, like that's ultimately the thing that brings you together. And just like, as I was listening to you both talk there, like it sounds to me like that, like, sport and your experiences together have obviously helped you grow individually in terms of definitely you can see confidence jumping through you and it can hear examples of resilience and determination and that kind of stuff but then it also sounds like it helped you become better people in terms of being able to be a better friend or a teammate or listening that you just described there or supporting each other so it really does feel I know I think you started really early or the Finn that like you know you wouldn't be who you are today without sport but it really does feel like you both have a real awareness of the development as a both person and a player based from the experience you've had. Like, do you? Yeah, I definitely do. Like, as I, I started, like, I was all a very, very shy child, you know, and I wouldn't say I would keep my mouth shut. Like, I wouldn't open my mouth about anything. You know, I wouldn't give my opinion. I would just stay quiet, kind of in the corner. And it was just football. And I used to do a lot of athletics as well. And, you know, when you're when you're good at something, it gives you confidence initially. And then, you know, the more people then you you speak to and, you know, when you're playing football for Cork, like you're trolling situations that you just have to deal with and like situations that you wouldn't have to deal with if you weren't involved. Like even it might be just a, as simple as an interview after a match or something. You know, I would have always shied away and backed away from stuff like that. I would have said no way would I be able for it. But but it just becomes part of your, your routine. It becomes part of your your day to day thing, you know. It just, your confidence builds and builds and it definitely helps me to be a more confident person anyway. And I, I really have to thank football for that, you know. I think for me, like in, in terms of the life skill that I most resonate with in terms of like my football career, I think like the confidence as well. But I think for me, it was the kind of resilience side of things and the, the persistent side of things. And I think I learned that through sport, you know, it's kind of, the last kind of few years in particular, you know, when things weren't going our way, I think that really taught me how to cope like with things outside of the football pitch, like particularly with my PhD and with my work, like came a lot of stress and pressure. Um, and I think sports and by actually losing games, I think that actually taught me how to react and how to change my attitude and, and help me, I suppose, get through things and overcome challenges and adversity outside of the pitch as well. So I think... For me, I can resonate a lot with that. And like that, like over the years, things aren't always going to go your way. And confidence is a big thing. You know, you could be so confident and things would be going your way. And all of a sudden then you get injured or you get dropped. And that can just change like with literally the click of a finger. And it's it's trying to cope with all of those emotions and things that are kind of out of your control as well. I think I've I've taken a lot of that from what I've learned on, on the pitch side of things. And you learn from each other as well. You learn how you know everyone else in the team is coping and the skills there too and you almost mirror that outside of the pitch with with work with relationships with life with decisions and i think that's something that i'll always 
appreciate and I'll always take with me is like that those skills of resilience and and persistence um throughout my my whole life for the for the rest of my life mm. as well. Like or you mentioned there like the last kind of couple of years or maybe you weren't winning as often and I kind of like when I was looking at it over the last couple of days like for both of you like the kind of like the core career lifespan is kind of broken up and to me anyway it just jumped out as a couple like say three different chapters of one you kind of come in as the young Cubs and there's like this really iconic team with really senior figures and you're finding your way and maybe in and out of the team. Um, then there's like the second phase where you actually start graduating and to become leaders and you're more like prominent in the group and it's kind of coming the second wave of a team. Maybe it was the third wave. And then there's that last section where kind of all Ireland's aren't happening as often. But as you said there, or like you're competing, you're trying to learn you're, and it's actually forcing you to grow. I kind of wanted to touch on all three of those, if that's okay. And I wanted to jump back to like the first one, you both get called in at late teens into a team of like real, like prominent household names, Valerie Mulcahy, Breeze Corkery, William Breeze, Stack, Rena Buckley. What was, I suppose, what was that like to be a young woman who maybe is not developed in terms of confidence, resilience, and then to step into a culture like that? What was that culture like and how was it for you both? It was a very positive experience and I think that really helped me going forward, you know, like obviously my first training session with those girls, I was terrified. <laughs> girls I looked up to all my life and then they were just next to me in the dressing room where passing me a ball on the field. Um, but just looking at the girls and the way that they approached everything, like a drill or like a football drill, a running drill, like there was no shortcuts. They gave everything 100% and like, they had a complete, like, they, like, losing wasn't an option with those girls, like, you know, and, and that really shone in a few of the games that we played. We, we could have been down eight, nine, ten points and crawled back and, and won the game, which we probably shouldn't have won. You know, that happened numerous times in my first few years playing with them, with the court seniors. So th they were just three, the, the girls were just so determined and motivated. And I think it wasn't just one or two of them. It was all of them. Um, and that's probably something that Eamon Ryan instilled in them as well, you know, and, but they were just, they were just a very special bunch, but I was just so fortunate to be able to have played with them and learned from them as well. What about for you, Orla Farmer? I can completely resonate with what Orla is saying there. Like it was, I suppose it, I was 17 at the time coming into the setup and like still playing minor as well. So it was a massive difference in terms of intensity I remember my first training session as well, uh, we paired up with Valerie Mulcahy and she absolutely tore into me for the, um, we were doing like a boxing drill and pushing and pulling. Eamon used to always do that with us, kind of our strength and conditioning back in the day when we used to actually use gyms. <laughs> um, and I'll never forget like being like, oh my God, I am absolutely terrified here now being paired up with Valerie. She didn't take it easy on me anyway, but you know what, like Orla was saying, it was that high standards that they set. It was the determination, the motivation. There was no shortcuts. That winning mentality, I think we were lucky to come into that. And that's culture. Like that That was boiled down to the culture that Eamon Ryan and his management and the girls adopted it. Like it was the girls led by example, particularly the older girls. And I'm sure Orla can resonate with that as well. Like the likes of Elaine Hart there now and I remember Juliette Murphy and Mary O'Connor and all those older girls at the time were kind of like older sister figures to us and they really looked after us. Like they really just took us on board and there was no kind of 
comparing. It didn't matter if you won five All-Ireland medals in a row prior to when we came in or you had no All-Irelands or you were still in secondary school. There was no kind of judgment. There was no, it was just that sense of belonging and the kind of that sense of oneness and everyone had each other's back. And I think that's hard to develop. I think that boils down to the culture that was there. Um, and to be fair to the late Eamon Ryan, like he was a phenomenal coach and he really instilled that in us and made the transition like way easier for us to come into and to feel involved. And I think that's a massive thing. I think the sense of belonging was a massive thing because that allowed us to to grow in confidence and that allowed us to break onto the team. You know, it took a while, like it didn't we had to work hard for our place as well. And, mm-hmm. and I think what was great was that like those o- older girls, those older experienced girls, like they didn't just sit back and say, oh, they're grand. Like, you know, they don't have to do this drill as hard or whatever. They expected the exact same commitment out of us as they were giving, um, which was looking back now, which was fantastic because then going forward, we we brought that with us. And then like, so taking that, taking that forward with you both then and Orla Farmer, you mentioned it there, like it takes time that like, you're obviously in a panel, but there was probably times where I asked you the question where like your patience may have been tested if you're sitting around being like, when am I going to get my chance or when am I going to start getting more game time? Was there ever any times in that window where like the frustration was getting to you in terms of maybe I'll step away for a while or it was overwhelming in terms of being in an environment like that that was asking so much of you when you're like a young person that doesn't fully see the big picture always in terms of, you know, like um, let's call it patience, something that many of us have struggled with over the years, especially when you're a young player trying to break through. Um, was there ever any kind of friction or tension in that for, for either of you? There, there were definitely times when I suppose like we didn't get our, like for me, I know anyway, I would have been kind of on and off the, the team a lot. Um, whether that be starting um, or coming on as kind of a, an impact sub as well. Um, but I think like like that, it, it does teach you like, again, that resilience and that persistence to keep going and that like, like just like in life, things aren't going to come easy. Like you do actually have to work hard as well and you do have to, I think, back yourself as well. Um, I think for me, Perhaps kind of in the last few years, maybe I, I struggled a bit in terms of balancing kind of my lifestyle off the pitch, which I think may have had kind of an impact uh, an impact on my performance as well. So that's kind of something that I would have struggled with, particularly in the middle of doing my PhD um, and kind of outside of, of football. Maybe I let kind of the stresses of life uh, kind of come in to my play as well um, and may have went kind of against me in certain certain instances as well but that did that that didn't allow me to just give up as well you know I I stuck at it and although I mightn't have been getting the full 60 minutes um, and in some instances may have got no game time and um, that still gave me that drive and that eagerness to I suppose want to prove a point to myself um, and to that determination to kind of get back on the team or to try and get game time as well um, and that's part of life. I mean, I'm sure Orla can agree as well. You know, there were times when, you know, last minute we could have been starting the whole way up and then all of a sudden All-Ireland semi-final and, you know, like the Eamon or the coach or whoever would have give us the kind of, can we, can we have a chat with you there before training? And look, you haven't made the starting 15, but to keep the head up and to keep going. And, and that's the reality of it. I mean, nobody should should expect to just walk onto a team. And I think that's the beauty of, Cork football and I think that's why we were so successful over the years is because 
you know, we were never guaranteed that we'd have our, our starting 15 jersey for, for the full 60 minutes or to come on as well. So that always gave us the drive in training um, and that eagerness to kind of that hunger there to to want to get on the team. And that's that that's really, really important. Yeah. And I suppose going back to your point of would we like, did we ever want to step away? I suppose we were so lucky in our first few years playing with the seniors that as Orla said, you know, we might have started some games or came on as a sub in other games, but we were just extremely fortunate that we were get, giving them opportunities. You know, there were a lot of girls who maybe were there at all the trainings doing the exact same work, but not getting any game time at all. So for us, you know, I think that was a big thing that really helped me to stay in it anyway, because like it would have been a lot harder if I wasn't getting any game time at all, but in every single game I was either, either starting or coming on as a sub. Um, so that made it easier. And I suppose when I was in college, there was one summer, one or two summers, all right, where I was threatening at home. Oh, I'm, I'm sick of this football and equipment. I'm one on the J1. But thankfully, mom and dad were like, you're mad, Orla. You're winning all Ireland. Why would you want to go? And looking back now, I was never actually going to go. I'd say I was just really fed up with my friends going out and stuff and I had to stay in. But I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, I have the best memories um, from all of the years playing um, with Cork. So yeah, no, it was it was just it was easier to stay as well, I suppose, when you're winning. Yeah, and I think on that note as well, I often remember um even Eamon kind of making us think about like why why we were there. Like he'd often kind of just bring us into a huddle in a training session and kind of say, you know, you're here on the farm on a shitty Sunday morning. It's pissing rain. You could have been out the night before on the beer the night before in bed now this morning, but you you decided to be here, and that's why you're here, and that's. To, to remember your why, kind of why you're here. You're here because you love football and you're passionate about football and anything else kind of should be a bonus. And um, so I, 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 I always kind of remember that, that, you know, know your why. And like Orla says, yes, we've had great years and great memories and everything, but like we wanted to be there. Like, and I think that made it, the culture and, 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 and the girls helping and supporting. I think that really helped us want to be there as well. Um, and obviously the winning was, was the bonus. Um, but I think that's important to know too. I think even for players that are listening to this podcast or may be considering, you know, taking a year out or, or two, um, I think it's like knowing your why. I think, look, there's nothing wrong if you need to take a bit of a breather from it. God, there's been plenty of times in my career when, like Orla as well, you'd be fed up and you'd be allergic going to training and you'd be like, oh, we have to travel up to Donegal or it's our whole weekend gone on the bus up and a Friday and we wouldn't be back late on a Sunday night and that's your whole weekend gone. But at the end of the day, like it's it's your why. And I think that's important for, for players. Um, if you can get that and if you can if you can stick to your values and your why, I think you'll get way more enjoyment out of, of playing as well. You'd often see girls maybe taking a, a year out and realising how much they actually love it and want to come back again. Yeah. You know, so that just shows how special it is to be able to play with your county, you know. No, definitely. Like, and to that exact point, like it was literally a thing Leah Caffrey discussed last week on the episode in terms of taking a year away, but then being like, actually, I want to kind of go back there pretty quickly. Um, I was just going to ask you, Orla Farmer, like you just mentioned there, kind of knowing your why and just kind of, so the obvious question is like, what was that for you both? Like, what was the thing that I suppose, like what was that why that keeps you at it? And also in some ways must help keep you grounded or present. I know you mentioned Eamon there as well. Like it's, to do what you did for such a long sustained period is really, really difficult. So definitely very curious to know kind of what that why was 
um, for both of you? Um, I think for me, it was like, I always just had that competitive nature ever since I was a young girl. Like I was out and about, even with the boys, just coming in destroyed, like always wanting to be in the middle of, of, of things and get the best out of myself. I think I always kind of had that mindset and motivation. Um, some people can be born with it, I think, and, and I think it can be cult- cultivated as time goes by. And I think probably having that positive experience coming into, I suppose, that winning kind of setup definitely was an advantage, I think, and allowed me maybe to want to win another All-Ireland and wanting to, to be there and to constantly improve and get the best out of myself. So I think that would be number one, but also I think just the social environment. Like I think like just being with the girls and, you know, even from my own research, that's something that I've I've found is the why, why are girls involved? And it's the fun and it's the enjoyment and it's being with your friends. And I think developing and nurturing those friendships over the years, knowing the girls have your back and just the, the, the social setup, I think, is a massive thing. And that sense of belonging, knowing that you're you're contributing to the team and knowing your purpose on the team and knowing your assets and knowing what you're good at and how you can positively influence that team, I think, um, was satisfaction for me. And I looked forward to turning up to those training sessions because I enjoyed being there. Uh, I, I was satisfied regardless of the result and I wanted to get the best out of myself. Um, and I think having those positive social supports such as coaches, friendships, parents, that all helped with, with the experience of my why, why I was there and allowed me to want to turn up next year and the next year and wanting to increase my motivation and my skill and improve things. So, yeah, I think it was a a bit of a mix of, you know, wanting to get the best out of myself skill-wise and for the team, but also that sense of belonging and being part of kind of sharing that common goal with a bunch of girls who just wanted it just as much as you, I think. What about for you, Orla Finn? Yeah, I'm actually the exact same as Orla, you know, my competitive streak would be a really big thing that probably initially kept me at it, you know. Like even in secondary school, we might be doing a PE class and we could play uni hockey, basketball and the lads would be like, you used to be saying, relax, sorry, it's not the Olympics we're playing in. Like, I'd want to win every single game. Uh, but that kind of followed through in my life, you know. Like, I just wanted to get the best out of myself all of the time. Like, if I came home from a session and I felt I could have did better this, that or the other, I'd actually be annoyed at myself or I might have to go out and do an extra session at something myself. I was a bit crazy, like, um, but I think I just wanted to get the best out of myself. And if we did a very, very hard training and I felt like exhausted after it and kind of, you know, that, that made me happy and made me want to push on again and, and do even better the next time. Um, so it was really my competitive edge, you know, and especially when we were winning, like as Oriel said, you know, we'd win in All-Ireland and then we'd go back in the next year. Like, we won six in a row. And people said to me, Orla, like, why are you still playing you whatever, how many All-Irelands? And I'm like, yeah, I want another one. They're like, if I had one, I'd give up, hang up my boots and I'd be gone. But they, I, I just don't think these people understood what I felt like to win one and then wanted to go back and win another one. And I suppose we were just extremely lucky to have six of them in a row. You know, we did not know what it was like to lose. Um but yeah, my competitive um, edge was probably the main thing, as well as the friendships that I've made over the years. Um, like it's just been unbelievable the amount of friends that I that I have from 
playing football like and it mightn't even you know use the car curls but like I was on an all-star trip to to Bangkok and it was just brilliant to to meet the other girls from other counties and just in a more relaxed setting and you know we played a match over there it was a bit of fun and you know it's getting to know them on a on a night out and stuff which was really nice and you know going forward if someone mentioned a name we're like oh I know her I was on holidays with her before or you know you know girls from all over the county as well you know from playing we played since we were 13 14 up to 30 so you know through those years you meet hundreds of girls like you know so it's it's been a brilliant experience yeah it really does sound like as as the kind of listen back to you both there like just that yes there was winning all Ireland and that's like the clear outcome and the and the target and the goal but there was also like a a wider way of life to it for both of you and also in terms of like it was also a space where you could both kind of express yourselves and push yourselves to be I think you both mentioned your competitive spirit there um but then also developing those those kind of softer skills that we use of both men to throughout the conversation the confidence and the resilience and I kind of just as kind of moved towards the end of this I was kind of curious as around as the team transitioned and you both kind of went from being kind of like younger members of the panel into kind of the main into main into the main leadership group kind of what was that like for you I know Orla Finn I think like Orla mentioned at the start kind of 2016 would have been a big kind of step up year for you because I feel like it's easy again I could sit here and look at all the accomplishments and the accolades and say happy days you just had it like that, that's the dream but obviously there is challenges and transitions there and I suppose I would I would like to hear from kind of what it was like for you both in terms of going from being part of the culture then into culture drivers if that makes sense yeah I suppose for me in 2016 you know we had a change of management so you know they they can see you in a new light in a different light and Valerie Mulcahy also stepped away and she was the free taker so I'll never forget I was playing a league game and I don't think I started the, the, the game we were playing Tyrone and Mallow and I came on in the second half and there was no one there to take the freeze and I just started taking them you know and from then on, you know, I scored the freeze that I was given and then James Masters came on board and he was an exceptional kicker of the ball himself and he taught me a lot over the years. So I think for me, 2016 was really a, a big, a big step up for me. You know, it was it was where I kind of became probably one of the, the leaders on the team, um, not vocally, but just through what I did. Um so I'd say, yeah, that was for, for me, 2016 was, was the big change. And I, it's funny how I can even remember like the exact moment when it happened for me, it was in against Tyrone, as I say, in a league game in Mallow. Um, I was just fortunate that I had a good game that day and the new management saw me playing and I never looked back from then, you know. It's similarly like what Orla was saying with that kind of transition of management as well. Um, I suppose Eamon, um, Eamon stopped I think in 2015 and then it was 2016 when the new management came in so like Orla was saying you know it was kind of an opportunity as well to I suppose you know showcase you know your skills and uh, what you're about and I think as well like the fact that a lot of the kind of older girls kind of left with Eamon as well there was a few I think like Breege and Rena, T. Riley a few kind of stayed on uh, Rona Buckley and a few stayed on but the majority of kind of the older girls uh, left with Eamon so I think like looking back now like we kind of carried on those values and we were kind of the main drivers we had no choice but to because you know the new generation of players were coming through as well and the fact that it was a new management it was the perfect opportunity to kind of I suppose bring in our own values too but also 
carry bring through what was kind of working. Um, and I, we actually won the All Ireland that year as well in in 2016. And I think that that was important for us to kind of you know step up as well. Um, it was the perfect opportunity for us to step up as kind of leaders and to to lead by example. Um, and bring those values through from kind of that winning mentality as well. Um, it went in our favour in 2016 as well um, that year. But yeah, I think that was kind of, for me, I can remember that year as an important year. And, you know, looking back on like highlights of my career as well, I think 2016 would have been like a big one for me because I felt I would have had to step up as well um, with the new management um, and with that kind of change as well. And that's a year that kind of I can resonate with in terms of my own performance as well, uh, particularly the All-Ireland in, in 2016 as well. So, yeah, like it's important because I suppose that's the way it goes in sport as well. Like you're going to have new management, you're going to have a new influx of players, you're going to have players retiring. So I think it's about carrying on those values. Um, and if if that can be done, I think it could be quite successful in terms of performance. Yeah, I think like, and just as I kind of, as we wrap this up, like just having, even as I'm thinking about the whole conversation we've had, like, I feel like you both have been blessed with such like brilliant experiences, highs and lows, like good times and bad, or, or I suppose, I suppose challenges and successes more, probably more accurately. And I suppose is having had this conversation for the last hour or so, having reflected on it all, like... In terms of any advice that you would pass back, like obviously where this podcast series, The Players' Voice, is, is part of the Gaelic Players Association and we're, we, I know that there's active players, current players, listen to each and every episode. It just if you, As you kind of reflect on the conversation we've just had, if you would kind of pick out a piece of advice or, or something that's kind of probably on your mind that you'd want to pass back, what would that be for each of you? And I, I know it's like everyone says that it's important that you enjoy it, but like, it's just, it's so important that you are enjoying it because if you're not, and I think possibly what happened to me in the last few years was maybe I wasn't enjoying it as much and I wasn't able to get as much out of myself, you know, just to be able to relax and just kind of enjoy the experience because it's, it's gone for me. When you retire, that experience is gone. That chapter of your life is closed. You know, it's, it was such a positive experience for me. Um, obviously I had ups and downs, but like in 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 the majority of my experience with the Cork Leaders Footballers was positive. But just to try and enjoy it as best you can. And I know it's a lot easier said than done because you're coming up to a game and you just get so nervous. And like as when I was younger, I used to get half as nervous as I did in my later years playing with Cork. You know, I, I used to just go out and play and whatever happened, happened. But as I got a bit older, then kind of got a bit more anxious and a bit more nervous coming up to games and thought I had to perform every game that I played in. But I think the more you're playing, then you realise that no one can perform in every single game that they play. You're going to have some good days and some bad days. So just to, to keep enjoying it and and just give, give it your best when you're there. There's no point in going out and doing the drill, like, you know, half of your capability, go out, do your best you can do, show, show what you can do to everyone and to yourself and do it for your county as well, because you're representing them at the end of the day, as well as yourself and your family. So yeah, that would be kind of my advice in full. Perfect. Thank you. What about you, Orla Farmer? Um, I think in terms of advice, I would probably say like, never, never take any training session or match for granted. You know, it, it flies by as in you've only such a short career span when you can play at elite level. 
And like Orla was saying, it's only when you come out of it is when you kind of reflect back saying, oh my God, you know, like just really, really embrace like every training session with the girls, try and get the best out of yourself, but not too hard on yourself. And I think Orla made a good point there as well. You know, sometimes when we're caught in it and we're, we can be very hard on ourselves if we if we had a bad game or if things aren't going our way and we can be very down on ourselves as well. And I think like, for me, I, I kind of, not struggled, but I think it's important not to just associate yourself as the footballer. And I can kind of, I can laugh about it too, because like when I, I used to bring my granny shopping every Thursday and she'd be there introducing me to all her, her, her 80, 90 year old friends in the shopping market and she'd be saying, oh, this is the footballer now, you know, this is the footballer, like not even this is Orla, like this is the footballer. And you're kind of, sometimes that can consume you too, that like if you had a bad game or if you didn't get a start or if you got dropped, that that can actually affect you negatively because you're kind of saying, well, there's an expectation there and you're the footballer. You should be the one starting. You should be the one going around always with a smile on your face and you should be the one constantly motivating people because you're known as the footballer. So I think it's important like not to like over-identify yourself as like the footballer and like you're a player first or you're a person first and a player second. And I think for anyone listening, that's maybe at a high level at Intercounty. I'm sure you can resonate with that too, that in your own hometowns, in your own work settings, in your own county, that it's like, oh, the footballer and there's certain expectations there, but not to be kind of hard on yourself and don't always just associate with football or hurling or camogie or whatever sport you're playing. Um, and just not to be hard on yourself, as Orla was mentioning, like we can get so caught up like we shouldn't be spending our time worrying. Yeah, okay, except put the hand up, we've had a bad game. Maybe be reflective about it and move on. Next ball, next game, next training session. Not to kind of overthink things and get down in the dumps because life goes on. You know, the sun will come out the next morning, like just like you'll turn off to the next training session, you'll turn off to the next match. It'll be a different day, a different game, a different result. So I think not to kind of get too... Uh, you know, caught up in like the negative kind of spiral of things and not to just associate yourself as like the footballer, the hurler or the camogie player as well. Thank you both so much for sharing, for sharing that particular piece of advice. But also then just as I wrap up, I really just want to thank you both for taking the time to have this conversation. I think this is, I think we're 15, 16 episodes into this series now. And often we talk about the importance of connection from sport and friendships and to get to spend time with you both and see that like a real friendship in action and such a genuine connection between you both and a respect and an understanding and compassion and all those things. It's I feel really blessed to have had the conversation with you both and I know anyone that's listened to this player or not will really resonate and relate and take away a lot away from it. So I really do want to thank you both. I feel very lucky to have had this conversation um, and I wish you both the very best of luck in the year ahead with your travels and whatever else you're up to and probably a bit of socialising but that's allowed too. Um, so just from in terms of just last thing for myself is just on behalf of everyone in the player's voice just thank you so much for joining us thanks Alan it was lovely to be able to reflect on, on our career you know it, it's not often you sit down like this and actually go through you know and it, it just was really nice yeah it brings back great memories and I'm sure that we'll, we'll cherish forever and thank you so much Alan really enjoyed the conversation a pleasure. You're both leaving with smiles on your faces, so I must have done a half decent <laughs> job. <laughs> job done. <laughs> Thank you.
Player's Voice podcast is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. You can search the Player's Voice on whatever podcast platform you prefer to find previous episodes with the likes of Vicky Wall, Lee Keegan, Ashton Thompson and Neil McManus. We would also really appreciate it if you rated or reviewed the podcast. Don't forget, you can find out more about the GPA's Bio360 programme by visiting bio360.gaelicplayers.com. My name is Alan O'Mara, and to find out more about my work as a performance and wellbeing consultant with sports and business leaders around the world, please go to www.realtalks.e. Thanks for listening.